We have Joanna Cooper, General Manager of Daimler Trucks, with us today. Hello, hello. This is Amplify, a retail automotive podcast brought to you by Reuters Events and DeSoto. It's time to make the most innovative voices in retail automotive louder. We can already tell this is going to be a fun one. Absolutely. I'm ready. Because, because first of all, you run a giant manufacturing facility. Absolutely. So, I build trucks. I build trucks. Which is dope. Yeah. Everybody else is like. <laughs> it's just cool. I got a data thing. Right. Or I do, you know, I just API have an API connects. and mm-hmm. stuff. I make stuff you know. look pretty. Right. <laughs> you make stuff look cool. Like, and I, I make stuff things. move. Tell us about there the trucks you, you make. Uh, we build in my facility in Mount Holly, North Carolina, Freightliner, medium duty trucks. Big trucks. What do you, what do you drive? Medium duty. What do I drive? She's like a Miata. <laughs> right. No. Come on now. <laughs> I drive a Mercedes Benz GLE. Okay. There you go. We'll take that. That works. We'll take that. <laughs> Good. Well, what's your, so actually I'm trying to think the medium duty trucks. What is that? What is that class? You said Freightliner. So I automatically think of like a semi. Yep, we are in class six through eight. So that doesn't help me either. So medium <laughs> duty. So all of our trucks that we build are turned into things like car haulers and construction vehicles. Okay. We also uh, sell trucks to Penske Truck Leasing. They're one of our biggest customers as well as Ryder. So they rent. You know, they're so not, not like an 18 wheeler, but like a box truck or something like At that. At my plant, we do yeah. the box truck yep. type yep. thing, yep. but we, we also build 18 wheelers. Man, I want to see this plant. I know. Can we come take a tour? So go through this oh, thing? Yeah. That would be a ton All of fun. Day. I do Man. at least three a week. Oh, we're doing tours. We're, we're going, going on a tour. tour. Truck tour. <laughs> how, did, how did you end up in, in this business and how did you end up to be the general manager? Like, where did you start? Like, how'd you get there? Oh, man. I, so I started in Detroit, Michigan. Um, as just a simple girl that went to Detroit Public Schools and said yes to a lot of different things. When I graduated from college, I wanted to be a real estate tycoon, okay. and yeah. I crashed and burned very quickly. <laughs> what was that about <laughs> it that didn't work? I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, was I was that. aligned with the wrong people that didn't have a lot mm. of integrity, and I was young, yeah, uh, and so full of energy, ready full to of go. energy. You know, I'm a millennial, so I don't want to work a job because I don't want people to have to tell me what to do. I already you know. know. All right, I already know everything. <laughs> I knew nothing. Uh, so a recruiter called me one day, said that he saw my resume out in the internet, and said there was a perfect position for me at Detroit Diesel Corporation. So I did three interviews in a week, January of 2008, and. In Daimler or big box corporate fashion, things take some time. Yeah. So May 2008, I finally actually started in purchasing, actually, as the associate buyer in the purchasing department. So I spent the first seven years of my career in purchasing. Three of those seven, I lived in Germany. And yeah, wow. ich kann Deutsch That's sprechen. So cool. <laughs> ah, she's oh, dropping the German wow. too. Dropping German too. Yes, That's really I can cool. speak German. Uh, and. During that time, I just, you know, I learned a lot about the business. I was able to develop this business acumen and build a network and learn so many different facets. But I knew purchasing, I was good at it, but it wasn't my passion. And I Mm. wanted to find that. So I said yes to an opportunity to return back to Detroit. And at the time, we were industrializing the DT12 transmission. So it's an automated manual transmission. And so, you know, truckers used to shift 1.5 million times. 
And then, you know, now most of the trucks that are on the road have an automated manual transmission. So they don't have to shift as often. I did not know that. Uh, So it's pretty cool. And so that technology took off and we needed to industrialize. And, And at that time, I felt like, man, I enjoy being in the plant. Way more than I like being at my desk putting together PowerPoint presentations. I can see that. But I'm, I'm yeah. good at PowerPoint, that. though. I'm phenomenal in PowerPoint. Strong PowerPoint <laughs> Strong power, right? PowerPoint skills. <laughs> Microsoft has nothing on me. Uh, <laughs> and so, the, the, like, getting your hands dirty, being in the work of, like, hey, let's put something together felt yeah, really a lot better. And you. it was the collaboration. It was the gray area. It was the people. Right? I was an athlete growing up. So, you know, it's wins and losses. What, and it's that what competitive sport? basketball. Yes. Very nice. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so you, you have that, like, it's, it's a contact sport. It's a contact sport, there. yep. There's yeah. offense, there's defense. You got to have grit. You have to have resilience. You got to be able to pick up, pick yourself practice. up, dust your clothes off, yeah. keep, keep moving forward. And, and that's what manufacturing is to me. And so it felt like I had arrived back at home and I had found my, my, my place. And so I transitioned over to the dark side of operations in 2016. And <laughs> I, I see old front of the house, back of the house. I am. Even in manufacturing. Here's, here's what I love. A second ago, you said like you kind of glazed over this fact that the truckers shift what 1.5 million times. Is that, I'm exaggerating. You know, a it, ton. They, I mean, they're just constantly so shifting. Many especially if so they're many years, yeah. Especially if they're in any sort of mountain conditions or hills or anything like that, right? And so the technology was serving the end user really, really well. What uh, what type of end user stuff right now are you guys looking at on the manufacturing side to solve and make sure that like the people driving are served well by what you're doing in manufacturing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So as technology has improved, we have uh, safety functions on our trucks for lane assist, eye radar, you know, stopping. Right. Uh, You know, same thing that you have in the the passenger cars. Uh, We're doing work with in in the autonomous space. So we we own Torque Robotics. It's a subsidiary of Daimler Truck now. And one of my colleagues, Joanna Butler, she runs that division of how do we have safe autonomous trucks on the road that can stay in the lane and deliver product and move the world. You know, (laughs) come on. Like I think about (laughs) how long have you been in the seat you're in now? In this seat, uh, almost a year. So it would be a year in June. Okay. Have, have you, what does the, the shift to electrification mean for you? Are you in that world yet, right? Like, what's what's happening? What do you see coming down the line? Because obviously it's it's a big transition coming. We're hearing a lot about it in commercial trunks. Yeah, it's, it's here, actually. Uh, we build in our Portland, Oregon facility, the eCascadia. Uh, a few weeks ago, we just unveiled the, the EM2. Uh, at the ACT Expo, uh, so those are, are what, two products that are actively designed, what developed. Is that product? It is the electric Cascadia is the electric big rig truck. So for yep. eighteen wheelers, and the EM two wow. is the medium duty uh, variant of what I'm building in my plant today. So we are at Daimler Truck um, leading the transformational change in our in our industry. That's one of our what's. Uh, for the purpose of moving the world and to make sure we have a world here for the next generations to actually live in and it's not like mad max well yeah because like trucks are a ton of the road traffic a ton of the consumption of fuel right and so it's it's a big focus but it's a i feel like it's tougher or is it not it's kind of like in the same lane as what's going Mm. on on the passenger side like what what's the 
What's the difficulty in the commercial side and the in the large truck side that maybe the passenger side of vehicles isn't having to deal with? Mm. Well, why do you think it's tougher? It seems tougher because you got to get a battery that can move a truck. Like that thing's huge. It's just, bigger. Right? It's just way bigger. bigger. Yeah, everything is bigger and better. Um, uh, the the development cycles take time, um, but that's with any new new product. the The transition for the market takes time. the ex, The customer acceptance, the dealer acceptances, um, but. I think that we've been on this journey already for years, so in secret, in developing, and yeah. so it's not a idea. You know, we're right. not just at the beginning trying to figure it out. We we have a strategy, we have a vision, we know where we want to go, we we know how quickly we want to try to get there, and so uh, we are actively working on, on all levels of our organization to make that happen. And and the important thing is, it's for the right reasons. We're coming out of the supply chain debacle. Everything's That's starting so to cute. loosen. It's a debacle. We'll call it a debacle. Things are loosening up with different manufacturers in automotive um, at different rates. How, how are you faring um, you know, as far as being able to source all the materials and supplies you need to put out uh, the volume you need to match demand right now? I wish you had some wood on this table before I you say knock my on next. It. <laughs> 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 Let me look around. There's literally there's formica and glass. There's no wood. This year it's been better yep. uh, for the for the mar- most part. We have acute challenges here or there, but in comparison to the past years from COVID and, and, and coming out COVID, uh, we're in a much more stable um, condition. So nice. stable, stable, knock yeah, on, stable. Knock some on wood, wood. <laughs> just to make sure things don't go crazy. Correct. Uh, uh, last question. Last question. You sure? Yeah, I'm sure. positive. Unless you unless you ask it a question. Because this is our last question. (laughs) (laughs) What what drives you as a person? Like why why do you why do where does the passion come from? Because you obviously have it. Oh man, that is a good question. I think that um, I live a purpose driven life, and I only was able to have the passion that I have for what I do because I continue to say yes to a number of different things. And always willing to take a risk, always willing to be uncomfortable, I was able to find my what and my why. And I think those are two very important answers to questions that we all should be able um, What's your why? to achieve for Sorry, ourselves. Sorry, one more question. I, uh, I got ah. us. She got us. She knew it. Yeah. She's like, really? I say all the time that I build people who build trucks. I, Ooh, I'm glad we asked that. Come last on question. now, that's the way to drop it. I don't think you need to explain that too much because our community and our audience totally understands that, and I love that you build people that build trucks. Uh, that is a great way to end yeah, this, Joanna. So. Thank you so much for joining us. Your energy thank is infectious, and I love that we got to have a conversation yeah. about something like manufacturing today. So. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Amplify Podcast, brought to you by Reuters Events and Lesotho. For more engaging episodes like this, subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about our hosts, Paul J. Daly and Cal Mountsier by visiting asotu.com.